we start from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'll so just sit back and behave. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> now I Thanks. demand shenanigans. Uh, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Have you started this sensation that everyone's obsessed with Wordle? Oh, yeah. Have you heard of this? Are I you have doing heard it? of it. I'm on it. I have a seven-day streak, I think, for winning Wordle. Yes. Not yeah, Like, by the skin of my teeth on a couple of them. But, uh, yeah, it's super fun. It's like, I know there are a lot of people shitting on it. Like, I love when people are like, uh, well, you're doing Wordle. I'm hustling. And it's like, bro, it takes like five minutes. Just admit you don't know five-letter words. Like, that's fine. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal what see that's why it's so great that you can only do one puzzle a day yeah because you can't spend all this time on it like any other game you're sitting there you're playing it you're scrolling you're going down this Mm -hmm. mindless rabbit hole and then there's a 50 50 chance you might hate yourself after Uh uh-huh yeah which and in that case like i i hear that i agree potentially i wouldn't say there's a need to ever be like that aggressive and like throwing your hustle culture out in someone else's face yeah at least i don't want to hear it but (laughs) i i I would say there have been times that i've gone on like a candy crush like four hour long session and then had to delete the app from my phone because i just hated myself i was like i could have done anything for those four hours and Mm -hmm. i chose this yeah no this like are you have you played wordle yet i played my first time today (gasps) yeah and i got it right and it's Hell such a high. Yeah. It's such a high when you get it. And I got it like, you know how you get like five attempts? I got it on uh-huh. the fourth attempt. And it was just Ooh. like, it was just like, yes, it was an emotional and sensual experience that I can't even <laughs> describe to you. But I'm also someone that does the New York Times crossword every day because of who I am as a person, which sometimes makes me intolerable, but that's okay. Um, but I got it and I was like, I got it. Fuck yeah. 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 It's fun. It's like I've been using it the past uh week and a half or so, and it's a yeah. nice way to just like start the day. It like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, oh, I did a word puzzle. Like yeah. look at me using my brain. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's fun. And like you said, yeah. the, I think the beauty of it is that you are limited to once a day. So mm-hmm. you're not gonna spend hours and hours playing wordle like you get yeah. your one you get your little hit and then you go make your coffee and you go about your day yeah yeah it's it's a really great hack to kind of turn your brain on mm-hmm. it's my jam yeah it's my jam uh yeah. And we're talking yeah. about all kinds of hacks and tips and tricks and everything <laughs> ah, ah, on this episode. Potentially. Um, I did not come prepared. I don't know what direction this episode is going to go in, but we're talking yeah, about either. our creative Process. processes. Is that processes? it? Process. Processes. Processes. Yeah. Processes. Uh, yeah, we're discussing our creative processes. <laughs> Um, with, welcome with, to the peony. Welcome to the peony. I'm Lex, Julia. Yay! And we're you know just really being little little dingbats today. But yes, this this week's episode, uh, Julia and I, we have the opportunity to talk to 
a lot of wonderful creators and artists mm-hmm. about what they create, their process behind it, what led them to that. And through all of these conversations, Julia was like, hey, should we talk about ours? And I was like, oh, this episode yeah. was my idea? Yeah. No, was it? Pretty sure it was. Maybe it oh. was like a mind meld. I'm giving you the credit, so take it. Oh, I will take it. Thank you very much. I am apparently way more insightful than I give myself credit for. Yes, you are. Thank you. That's a fact. <laughs> I I was not aware. I feel like so, I walk through this life on this earth in this universe having zero idea what I'm doing. Sometimes it jumps up to like a 2% or a 5% in certain situations. And when that happens, like when I was playing Wordle and when it happens, I'm just like, Ooh, look at me. Like I know something. So, so yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't have the answers to anything. So when you said that that was my idea, it, okay, I'll take your word for it. But it's just like, Ooh, 2%. Hey, oh, there she is. So do we want to talk about like creative process in terms of for me, I was like, oh, my creative process in terms of an actor for you, creative process in terms of a makeup artist. That what we're vibing with because you're also writing now all of the time. I Yeah, I don't think we need to pigeonhole ourselves like creating can be anything and it Mm -hmm. can be. And this is what I'm learning is that creating can take any form and you may find yourself pulled in a direction that isn't traditional. And oftentimes I'm guilty of this. I know people who are guilty of this. You'll think like, oh no, this isn't the craft I'm working on. Right. So like if Mm. your goal is to write a novel and you get pulled away in this other weird, like Pinterest mood board collaging vibe, it can feel like a waste of time mm-hmm. because you're like, okay, this isn't my professional, like this isn't how I make my money. These aren't meeting my goals. Like, but there's something so special about creating just for the sake of creating and how yeah. open, how like it can open your mind and your soul and everything and just give you joy. So that's a very long response to your question of let's just keep it open ended to yeah creating for the sake of creating in whatever form i love that that was as you as you were saying that it actually reminded me of um at the start of the pandemic when we were like everybody just stay inside and it it felt very much like twiddling our thumbs to try to figure out like what was going on like for me at work uh even though at the time i was working a different healthcare job I previously was, I know, but I was helping open offices and yeah. COVID hit and it was like, uh, we're not opening anything right now. And so what do I do? Um, and I had a few friends who are writers and every, everybody was just so bogged down by like mm-hmm. the d- existential dread that we were all going through then and now. But Two friends and I decided like every, I think every Sunday we would hop on a Zoom call and Nicole actually was one of the friends. She has this game where you like pick three cards and it's like a person doing this or here are three things that need to be in a short story, uh, like a suitcase, time travel, golf or whatever. And then we would challenge ourselves with like 15 minutes to write a short story that involved those three things. And it was such a 
fun way to have a challenge, flex that creative muscle of writing. You had a very strict deadline, but it was also no pressure because like, what, what were we going to do with it? Like we would then read it and share it with each other and uh, like giggle about some of the stuff that we created, but there wasn't any pressure to do it other mm-hmm. than challenge yourself with something and and flex that creative muscle and just create for the sake of creating. Because at that time we were in a situation that where it was like theaters were closed, you know, you couldn't go see people. So if, and so much of art is collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a way for us to keep that going, even though we couldn't see each other face to face and in person. Yeah. But yeah. So I, what is I, your I ideal environment when you're creating in whatever form? Like what is, Oh yeah. What does that look like for you? Uh, it kind of varies, I think, um, depending on what I'm doing. So if, if I'm acting, like, ideally you want to be with another person. But if I'm in the process of learning lines, I just – I'm somebody who I just like a situation where I can be uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. So that way I can really focus. And not even because, like, don't disrupt me. I'm doing my process. But mm-hmm. I I will hyper-focus so intensely that I really just get lost in the world. So if you need me for something, like, you might have to really snap me out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, you know, being able to have time where I'm uninterrupted. But at the same time, like, that is not uh, really how life works. So yeah. I've done things where like if I'm learning lines for something and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, I have to walk to class. Like I would do this all the time in college. I was walking to class. So I would just like put my headphones on. I wouldn't have music playing, but it was a way to basically like signal to people like, don't talk to me. And so Mm -hmm. I would just run my lines as I was walking to class and just like, Mm -hmm. did I look a little crazy? Maybe, but it was really helpful. So yeah, for me, I think it's just having uninterrupted time and having a clear headspace so if Mm -hmm. I have a lot of things that are weighing me down that can be really hard so what I would do sometimes is if I wanted to write something I would go on a walk just to kind of clear Mm -hmm. my head and then sometimes while I was walking you know an idea would pop up and so I would Mm -hmm. I would jot that down I find a lot of times for me if I want to create something I can't isolate myself um Mm -hmm. or I have to it becomes harder to create if I haven't like left the house in a while or if mm-hmm. I haven't taken in anything new. And sometimes just going on a walk is the best way to sort of pop the lid off a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you do vocal warm ups? Yes, I do. Can you uh, take me through some vocal warm ups, please? <laughs> right now? Yeah. Um, sure. Listeners, feel free to do it with us. Yeah. This so, is so exciting. The one that I do in the morning, not all the time but one that i'll do in the morning usually just to warm up my voice is the uh do re mi fa so la ti do re do ti la so fa ri de re no i don't can remember you, the scale but can, you just can yeah. you scale it back <laughs> pun yeah, intended yeah, yeah. and I... give us give me something even more basic because you're yeah, assuming yeah, yeah. that i i'm tone not <laughs> deaf okay so another one that i really like is uh you go, ooh, ooh. yeah, and you let it drop until it gets really gravelly, and so it ooh, it's sort of fry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you let the do the vocal fry, but it like 
kind of opens up uh, your higher register or what we call the mask, which uh-huh. is, oh man, this is really going to sound goofy. So, Ew, th- David. Oh, David. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you think of like your face in different parts, so the mask is like behind your eyes. Yeah. And so if you think of sound behind there, it's usually like a really high pitch, right? Like when yeah. you scream or something, usually it feels like it's coming from there. And then like your chest voice is like that gravelly part. So yeah. the like, Ooh, it, Ooh. I think of it like a vocal roller coaster. And it just Ew, kind of. David. Oh, <laughs> I think I That's might just where I'm going to end. That's uh, going to be the new go. and improved, the peonies uh, vocal warm up exercise. <laughs> We're going to start every single Dan show. Levy, please uh, don't sue us. Um, let's Dan, see. do you want to come on the show? You've been <gasps> like die. a fantasy guest since episode one. Oh my God. I would be so it's excited. It's like you and Brendan Fraser. Yeah, basically. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's lip trills, which are just. <laughs> <laughs> those are always okay. awkward like, especially if you're not used to it because just like like a baby yeah there you go some people get babies weird make these noises yeah when babies are just like you've never seen a baby do that they do it all the time especially if like spit bubbles start to happen and then they laugh they think it's so funny dude yeah it's a good time I, it also tickles too for some people, like it makes their nose ticklish doing a lip trill. You just okay. Give me another one. Give me another one. Um, do, oh does God. anyone actually use how now brown cat or no red leather yellow leather? Red leather yellow leather. Yes, yeah. I think how now brown cow is like. Oh, I'm pretending Anchorman. to be an actor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, red leather yellow leather is definitely one. I hate. I hate that one because uh, I always Why? fuck it up because I'm just like red leather, yellow leather, red leather, 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 leather. and then that it devolves very just, quickly for me. You have to go as fast as you can and say it. Uh, I find it helps to start slowly and then speed it up because then uh-huh. essentially your mouth is just getting used to the the shape. Um, honestly, the ones that I, I'll do the most of are like mouth acting. Um, <laughs> Once I know my lines for something, mm-hmm. or as I'm learning lines, I will um, say it. I'll say my lines in different accents. Um, I will like sing my lines. I'll whisper them. I'll say them with different emotions. Like I'll say something really angry, and then I'll say the same thing but really sad, and like change that because it it helps with muscle memory and it kind of gets it in your body. So. You can say it in a bunch of different ways, if that makes any sense at all. Probably not. It's so fascinating to me because I feel like so many people in the world will look at, you know, watch a movie or something and Mm -hmm. critique or, or assume something about a person's performance. And it's like... We all, it's really weird because acting (laughs) is one of those things that everyone walks around thinking that they would be really, really good at given the Mm -hmm. chance. And then you break it down and it's like way harder than anyone really thinks. I can't tell you how many (laughs) like Ubers and Lyfts I've been in where the driver is like, oh, I could act. I could do it. I'm like, okay, great. Where are you going to start? Like I've gotten to the point now in my life when somebody who does not know 
they've never acted before, but they're like, oh, I could do it. I'm like, great. Uh, do you have a monologue? Do you have something prepared? Like, go for yeah. it. Do it. Yeah. Or, or if they're being an asshole, I'll challenge them. But I will say, like, a lot of times when people are like, oh, yeah, I think I could do it. I'm like, yeah, you probably can. You should take some yeah. classes. You should try it. Like, see nice. if you like it. But it's, it is, I, I'm always like, yeah, sure. Okay. You could be an it's actor. It's hard and it's terrifying. It's, yeah, it's, it takes a lot to get over it and not, not get over it, but like to be able to do it. And mm -hmm. you also, I will say like in recent years, honestly, that conversation that we had with Brianna mm -hmm. um, from the B word where we were talking about body image and theater, I did not realize how much of like my body image issues I had was from theater and from oh, being an actor shit. and it so there's also like a very difficult mental hurdle to get over when you go mm -hmm. into acting even if you have the talent and you can do the skill there's a social aspect of it that is really challenging as well mm -hmm. that I think we are talking about it more but I don't think we really ever talked about it beforehand so, yeah, but that's mm -hmm. to say, I think everybody should try taking an acting class because um, it's it's goofy. It's so goofy. Yeah. I've made jokes before where I'm like, I paid forty five thousand dollars a semester to pretend to be a chair. And I'm not lying. Like, that's not a joke. <laughs> like There are classes Damn. where you're like, all right, we're going to crawl around on the ground and pretend to be ants. And you're like, is this really going to help me? Like do check. Okay, off. hold on, hold on, though, sure. hold on, though, hold on, though, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's so Go interesting that that's the example that you just mm -hmm. drop on me because we had an ant infestation like a month and a half uh. ago, and I they were everywhere, and I wrote a short story of. <laughs> Like, from the ant's perspective of what it's like to, like, come yeah. in his house and, like, start getting wiped out and everything. And it's, like, you don't know it's for, it's an ant telling you this. And, like, oh. there are little clues that, like, towards the end you're, like, wait, is this, a, is this an insect? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? So it's, like, not straight up, like, Kafka, but it's, <laughs> but it's it was weird. I was, I was very stoned at the time. But I it's interesting this. that you bring up the example of like pretend to be an ant because yeah. I wrote a short story from that perspective. So this is yeah. what we're friends. So, <laughs> so what was that like? I mean, you mentioned that you were high. So I don't know if that opened you up to writing like that. But what was the... What was that experience like of being like, yeah, I'm going to put myself in this little guy's tiny, tiny shoes and go from there and see what happens? I don't know. I don't know what it was, to be honest. I just like I at the time, I think it was because I was focusing more on like getting present because when mm. I don't meditate, when I don't do things to center myself and feed my intuition, like those self-care mm -hmm. habits, then I kind of block myself from my inner voice. And when I'm in that state, creativity doesn't really come to me or it comes, it passes me by, but I'm not present enough and I'm not attuned enough to witness it. Mm -hmm. So at the time I was really playing with like sitting with my thoughts, sitting with my feelings, being open, which is like a lot of shadow work, a lot of therapy. And at the time, like that was one of, that was like the first story that came out of me from a moment of just being 
present because mm-hmm. I was wiping them out. I was like, I was spraying the worst kind of chemicals everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder how this feels for them. Probably just confusing because they're like doing their thing, you know, yeah. but yeah. They're also knows. very hard to kill when there are like thousands of them. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. They're also pretty, uh, pretty tough little buggers. They like are. a lot of ants can swim. So when people are like, just drown them in water, like drown no. them in chemicals. Ugh, there you go. Pete is going to come after yes. me. Well, oh, well, Peta's pretty fucked up, so. You know what? Oh, uh-oh. they can come after us, but I'm going to come after them. So you heard it here first at the peony. Uh, I feel like ants anyway. are too small for Peta to worry about. Hey, hey. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> cool. Um, so red leather, yellow leather, red leather. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm going back to you. You were saying Ooh. something about um, you, David. <laughs> like catching inspiration, catching yeah. that creativity. Have you had any moments where creativity strikes you just as you're trying to exist as a person? And what do you do to try to catch it as it before it can escape you? Um, so I since I've been doing the work to really attune myself with my inner voice, my intuition, and be more present, I've noticed the ideas more. And Mm -hmm. I really subscribe to the school of Elizabeth Gilbert. She is the author of Eat, Pray, Love. She also wrote Big Magic. And she talks a lot about creativity, like where it comes from, all the different ideas of, of what it is and how it comes to us and what our job is when it comes to us and in what form. And the big thing she says is like, when an idea comes to you, It's it's it wants to be out into the world, and so it'll come to you, and it's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to make space for it and say, "Hi, I'm aware that you're here. I see you. I'm gonna devote my time and my energy to bring you into the world," or to say, "Like I'm not your person. I can't do this right now. Mm. Like find someone else." And so that for me, like since I've been doing this work, the idea. I have been more aware of the ideas. They have been kind of, I, I don't know if they've been making themselves more known to me or mm-hmm. I just am more aware of them now. And lately I've started dreaming again. I never used to dream. I used to just wow. like go into like the deepest darkness, wake up and it was morning. And a lot of that was like repressed, like learned repressed. Like I would talk in my sleep. I would like fling my body in my sleep. It would manifest physically in my sleep because I had like gotten such an iron titanium hold on like needing to control my thoughts to not think of bad things or sad things Mm -hmm. or things that made me feel a certain way. So once I started kind of doing the work to face those things that I was afraid of and to bring them to the surface and to like process them and create space for them, it kind of made more space within me, I think, for Mm -hmm. the ideas to come and for me to, I wasn't in survival mode anymore. I wasn't like, hold on, my stomach just growled really, really loud. Talk about survival mode. And (laughs) I like was ready to receive these ideas. And so I've started dreaming more and I subscribing to the school of Elizabeth Gilbert in big magic. When I get an idea, if it's something that I'm really excited about, 
then I'll be like, thank you. Like I'll make the space for it and I'll commit myself to it. And I will reaffirm that commitment either in my journal or sometimes just in my head that, oh, this is what I'm working on. And I'll do what I need to do every single day, whether it's research for that project, whether it's like I'm working on a screenplay right now mm-hmm. that is like I had this dream and the whole first act came to me in that dream. And when I woke up in the morning, I wrote it all down. I just had like this crazy manic session where I was like, no one talked to me. I'm not doing anything. I'm not brushing my teeth. I'm not eating breakfast. Like I need to get this out on the page before it evades me. Mm-hmm. And it was the whole fa- first act of the movie. And it deals with witchcraft and, you know, drawing mm-hmm. some parallels between the persecution of women during that era and the women today, you know, Mm -hmm. strong, powerful, bold women. Um, But there is also some magic in it. And so I've been doing research on how, like, what were the witch trials? What are the Mm -hmm. ideologies of witchcraft around the world? Like what's the history of that? And then also I did ask you recently, I was like, if I wanted to start practicing, mm-hmm. like it's, it's gotten me to this place of like, well, I want to know what this is like and what this community is like, not just to write the screenplay, but just like, I feel this pull and this magnetism to the community mm-hmm. and just exploring that. And so that's another way that I reaffirm my commitment to the idea. Like maybe I'm not writing every single day. Um, like writing the screenplay every single day, mm-hmm. but I'm marinating or writing about it or on it every single day. Um, so creating that space, acknowledging the idea, and then doing the work. That's been the biggest thing for me. Does that answer your yeah. question? I don't remember the question. It, I just it does. rambled. It was okay. how how do you catch the those ideas and that creativity before it? By their little feet, their little ankles. <laughs> Yank, <laughs> and yes, shove them in the sack. You're mine uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King can't have you. You're mine. <laughs> you just catch Dwayne Johnson the inspiration can't have you. You're mine. Carrie too. You're like starring no, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, don't. yes. Yes. Uh, I want to I want to like what? go yeah. back and listen to our episodes a few years from now and see how many of the stupid crazy things we've thrown out on air have Come actually to Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like a vision board but audio. And then we forgot about it. Mark my words, I will make a movie that Dwayne the Rock Johnson stars in. Like Oh my god. Yes. I I've been unknowingly manifest I guess it's been moving in the deep layers of my mind because I've been unknowingly manifesting this for a few episodes now. I've mentioned him. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. I don't know what it is. Anyway. I I don't know, but you know, I'm here for it. Like it's I have you seen all of those billboards with uh it's like celebrities their their tweet where they're like uh there's one from Megan the Stallion where it's like the rap game better okay. watch out for me because I'm gonna like I'm coming for it or something like that. Yeah. And then it's from I think like 2014. And then the photo next to it is her holding an award. Like yeah, it's it's pretty dope. A lot of there's a yeah. there's been a lot of those popping up where it's celebrities saying like I want. Well, they're celebrities now, but yeah, when they were tweeting these things. They were just sort of throwing it into the universe. So yeah, big fan. Magical. Love it. I yeah. love it. 
Twitter, oh. the place to vision board. Who knew? <laughs> is it? Is it really? No. It's a oh. dumpster fire. I've never really gotten yeah. into the whole Twitter thing. I tried, but. It's uh, it Yeah. It's a. Uh, sometimes when the jokes are really good, it's. Yeah. Just so good. Uh, but. I feel like. I feel like the tone, it's hard to gauge a tone. Like, you either get it mm. or you don't. And yeah. that's why a lot of people try satire on Twitter and, like, it implodes because it some people just don't well. get it. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It, so it, that's why I'm, like, I'm always paranoid. I'm, like, that one person that'll write an email and then rake over it ten times to make sure that my tone is coming yeah. across the way that I want it to come across. Did I lately, add not so exclamation much. points? Yeah, lately <laughs> I've been writing them, like, a straight-up chad. And, honestly, the power that I feel throughout my soul. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I feel like that's how I am on Twitter. Because uh, it's just, like... I self-censor and then I don't enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I think you have to be, af- you you can't be afraid to be a bit of a dumpster fire on Twitter yeah. because everybody is a dumpster fire on Twitter. So, so let's know. talk about inspiration. So is Twitter a source of inspiration for you? No. It's your creative no. process. What it's is? It's a source of anxiety and anger. Um, for me, I think a sort of a big source of inspiration in terms of acting honestly is seeing really wonderful work like seeing live theater nothing gets me more like pumped up or like reaches into my soul and just pulls at my heartstrings I think same with writing I love I love short stories short stories is probably my favorite genre um or it's not a genre it's what am I looking for like style of writing Mm-hmm. So I love reading short stories and seeing what the worlds and the characters that people have created in such a limited amount of space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoy that. I've also found that when I write, I tend to be inspired by other art. So there was a challenge that I did, not this past Halloween, but the Halloween before in, in uh, 2020. There are these like v- collections of short stories. I think it's called more spooky stories to tell. It's not the scary stories to tell in the dark, but it's got a very similar name. Um, and the challenge was you were assigned a an illustration that somebody had created, and then you had to write a short story about it, and it had to be a spooky story. And so being just like given art or seeing art and then creating something else from that, mm-hmm. I, I think is one of my, my favorite things. But sometimes I'll, for, especially with writing, I'll just go on a walk and an idea will just kind of plop into my brain um, and Mm -hmm. I'll latch on to that. But it it tends to be seeing other stories and going, oh, that's a really interesting thing. I wonder if it'll go in this direction. And then when it doesn't, I go, okay, great. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up from that point where it, it branched out and create something new and, and write a different story. Or like the exercise that I did with Nicole, which was really fun because you were just given random things Yeah. And you were given like three random things and you had to put it in a story. And I think one of the reasons I love that so much is that's very much what happens in improv sometimes. You know, you go up to an audience and you go, okay, uh, give me a location, any location, like an ice cream shop. And somebody yells something out and you go, okay, we are in a haunted carnival. Cool. Like, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And then 
the challenge for you is to quickly establish a relationship and what the stakes are. And so then you fill everything else in, which maybe is part of the reason why I love improv so much is that you are inspired by somebody else's idea and then you take it from them and then you (laughs) see where it leads you. And in some ways I do the same with acting. Like if I'm working on something, like when I did Romeo and Juliet, uh, I watched as many productions of Romeo and Juliet that I could get my hands on to see different takes on the friar. And Mm -hmm. I read a lot of essays on, you know, is Friar Lawrence the villain? Because there are some theories where he's actually the villain, but maybe doesn't know he's the villain. Or does he know that he's the villain? And getting different opinions and insights from other people sort of Mm -hmm. helped me string together you're such what I a thought Capricorn was? right now. Oh my God. <laughs> it's I'm just fun. here. I'm just I don't want to miss anything. You. I'm just <laughs> listening to you be like, I did all this research and I did this mm-hmm. research and I read essays and, and I'm just like, fuck <laughs> that. I watched no, a bunch of different plays. Um, well, and I will say like, especially with acting, the main source of inspiration for me is always going to be the text. Yeah. Um, there's an exercise that I really love to do where you, to bring up Shakespeare yet again, uh, in Othello, um, Iago's our villain, right? Like you, if if you've seen it, or even if you haven't seen it, you know, like that's the bad guy, right? Um, so an exercise that's really fun to do as an actor is you go through, you read it, and you write down like what do other people say about my character? Mm-hmm. What do I say about myself? what do I say about other characters and what do, what are my beliefs? Like what things do I state are like kind of core in my foundation? That one's a little Mm -hmm. bit harder to do, but with Iago, and this is why I get so enraged when people play him like a villain, when he's with other characters is the things that other characters say about him is that he's honest, Iago, loyal, Iago, he's Mm -hmm. a friend, like you have to be those things and you have to play him with kindness and compassion and love and honesty and loyalty when he's around other people or else everybody else looks like an idiot when he's just like, and like twisting his mustache. Like that's not who he is to other people. That's who he feels he is internally because he's been wronged by, you know, the people that have power over him and the people that he believed to be friends and he's kind of paranoid about some stuff so he has to you almost play two different parts but um so going through text he's just like i think such a great example of why it's really important to do that but uh going through it and picking that apart it helps you understand of like okay even if this character feels really insecure in themselves if everybody else around them says like they're the pillar of strength they're xyz thing you know you can't play that person meek and mild. Like you do have to exude strength and being grounded and and that kind of presence too. And then you have to figure out where you slip in the vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. That's, I think, honestly, like probably my main source of inspiration when I'm so acting is you're is saying the text that actors itself. and serial killers same vibe. <laughs> yeah, you have Pillar to know of how the to community. mask. <laughs> Pillar of the community. Uh oh. Um, from pillar to killer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really quickly, I just want to shout yeah. out Nicole Knudsen. We've mentioned her a few times, and for mm-hmm. listeners, for those who don't know, Nicole is an incredible writer actor. She is the Brilliant. host of the 
Godfrey audio guide. It's uh-huh. a scripted like art history, but like spooky, kooky, romantic, lovely, like all the feels. It's yep. an incredible show. I love it. And she also hosts uh, What a Movie, which is a podcast about nostalgia infused films that she watches she and her partner watch kind of for the first time in a long time as adults and give yeah. you like their real reactions of did it live up yeah. to the it's the vibe so fun. <laughs> she's so great so shout out to her um she's obviously had a very strong hand in shaping who you are lex and rightly so because she's <laughs> yeah a pillar of the community a pillar of the community nicole are you a serial killer no She's too busy to be a serial killer. If um, she is a serial killer, <laughs> then now I understand how people will literally be like, "I, there was no way no I could have known. Like, because uh-huh. Nicole is just, yeah. So lovely and not. Yeah. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like she, she would smack a bitch if mm-hmm. the need arose, but I, I don't see her being a, like a secret serial killer i don't know nicole maybe we need to get you back on the pod and sound off on have you explained to us how you methodically carry out your serial killer business yeah or are we going on record and saying she's a serial killer let her come on and say her piece oh okay okay (laughs) allegedly 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 so we so she doesn't sue us (laughs) we've talked about getting sued so much on this episode have we? Uh, in true peony fashion, yeah, a few times. I think maybe one of the the conversations about being sued was before we started recording. But. Yes, about Star Wars sex toys. Yes, yeah, great. Uh, okay, so inspiration <laughs> and Iago's the hill that I I love it when you get so hyped. Iago's definitely a hill that you'll die on. I can tell. I I'm just like I can't stand. <laughs> They're so. There are just so many things that people do with that role. And I'm like, it's right there. Like, it's in the text. Oh, my God. Have like, how the fuck? Family Guy episode where Peter Griffin becomes, like, a, a special correspondent on the news or whatever, gets his own TV show. So. And it's like, what grinds my gears? And it's literally just him, like, complaining. Like, <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? And then he'll, like, say something stupid. And I feel like not to say that you say anything like I just I, mean I maybe we should get you shit, like a segment of some kind. I don't know what form you know it would what take. Really grinds my gears. Of, yeah, of you just like, but you have your own catchphrase. We'll figure <laughs> out what it is, and you just go off on people and about like this is not how you play Iago. This is not how you play <laughs> Ophelia. This is not. That's another play. one. Look, anyway, <laughs> this is not the show. We'll we'll take it to another segment. That's fine. Uh, what else about the yeah. creative process is there to talk about? You get the idea, you get inspired. You do uh, the how do you stick with it? Like how oh, do that's you? That's the hardest part. Yeah, like I because I think that his name is. Let me make sure I don't want to butcher it. Don Lemon. Name... No. Um, Charles Bukowski. No. Uh, Trevor Noah. Absolutely not. Um, let me make sure. Okay. So. In, John Cho. No, his who name is looking is Javon- mighty fine lately in the uh, Cowboy mm. Bebop. Yes, action. he's a very he's attractive, tasty. Man. Anyway, uh, no, <laughs> his name is Javon Johnson. He Ooh. is an author and a spoken word poet. 
Um, I had the privilege of getting to see him a number of times when I was at USC because I worked at Bovard Auditorium as an usher. And so I just got to like see all of these events. Um, nice. But I think he was, I don't know if he's still teaching at USC, but he was, uh, he was a professor at USC as well. Um, nice. But he would perform some of his pieces and then he would talk about the writing process and something that I like always have clung to from him and also uh neil gaiman talks a lot about this as well and listeners as you know he's my favorite author so for from the two of them the things that i cling to is you should even if you don't feel like writing even if there's nothing inspiring you and i i feel the same way about singing acting all of the above you should still do it every day or as as frequently as possible because there's again it's a it's a muscle um Mm -hmm. and so even if there's no nothing creative the simple act of even if you just write about your day or Mm -hmm. stream of consciousness or uh journal like anything like that counts as putting in some effort there Mm -hmm. like honing in your voice because long game yeah and neil gaiman talks about writing and the process in david Tennant does a podcast with the, the episode i keep talking about this goddamn podcast but i love it so much and i've listened to the episode i think three times now already damn but he tells this story where he was doing a writer's workshop um for and i love this because he referred to them as young writers and he he was like young writers not in age but in terms of their career because you can be any age when you start writing which nice I was like, love you um but he taught somebody asked him like do you know who in this room is going to be oh like a like, do you know what to look for in terms of mm-hmm. a well-known author or a famous author? And he was like, mm-hmm. no, not really. But what I can tell you is that the writers who put in the work every day will be the ones who make it. Yeah. And and he was like, and that, uh, that writer who asked me that question has gone on to become a well-known author. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he shares the story about he was asked to write a short story uh, based off of Doctor Who for a like a children's charity event or something. And he was not in the mood to write, but he knows the structure of Dr. Who so well that he was like, okay, fine. Uh, Dr. Who always starts with the doctor running away from something. So, okay, she's running. Um, What is she running away from? Uh, A box. That would be kind of fun. And then because he knew the structure so well, and because he's written every single day, his whole life practically, Mm -hmm. In a few hours, he had a short story that he was actually really pleased with, even though he started out with no inspiration and no desire mm-hmm. to do it. But that muscle memory mm-hmm. got him to the end. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. I hold on to that advice very deeply that even if the inspiration isn't there, you should be doing something every day towards your career. And I am getting back into that with acting because mm-hmm. I've fallen off of that pretty drastically. But um, it... I do think that it like ultimately is the best advice. And that was something Javon Johnson would talk about all of the time was write every day, every mm-hmm. single day, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you can afford. Because again, like if inspiration or creativity doesn't strike, but you have a deadline that you've committed to, you better figure it out. And yeah. you can't always rely on inspiration um, because it, it, it might elude you for a little bit. And mm-hmm. it also helps you when you do face writer's block 
if you can just kind of get the clean the gunk out just by writing nonsense, nobody has to see it. Um, so th- that's, mm-hmm. I guess, my my advice. What was the question again? I think I answered it. I don't it. remember. I don't remember. All right. How do you stick with yeah. it, I think, once you Oh, yes. How project. do you stick with it? Yeah. You just you you kind of make time for it again for me like when i'm doing a play the way that i stick with it is maybe i'm gonna go on a run and i'm gonna say my lines while i jog which yeah. you know i'll get maybe like half a block before i'm like okay now i'm winded so i'm gonna walk and say my lines <laughs> but uh it's finding new ways to keep it engaged mm-hmm. like to remain engaged with it yeah so finding ways to stay connected yeah, finding new ways to interact with it. Um, I think that's super important. Yeah. What What about you? As a okay, question for you. As a makeup artist, how do you find inspiration for like a new look or or something? Um, I honestly, this is advice that I've gotten across all different types of creative media. Mm-hmm. media um mm-hmm. like writing uh painting for like whatever it is there's this pressure that we have to bring something you as creators we need to bring something so unique into the world that's so infused with our specific like vision and our specific style and there that's a lot of pressure yeah. And so what a lot of advice across the board that I've heard from all different types of, of creatives is just start by literally copying the things you like. So if you're mm-hmm. a writer and you love, I don't know, Stephen King, just to bring him up again, like maybe you get a, a copy of his short stories and try to mimic how he writes those mm-hmm. if you're a makeup artist maybe you're on like instagram or pinterest and you see a makeup look that you really like like recreate that it mm-hmm. it will be unique because it's yours so it's never going to be yeah. an exact replica and at the same time the more that you do in terms of just like you were saying, flexing your muscle, practicing your craft, even if it's not like your unique work of art, it's going to help you learn the technical aspects of what you need to know, because you can't develop your own vision of how to do something if you don't know how to do the thing. So as you learn, just copy everyone else. And then eventually you'll be like, okay, well, like this serves me. This doesn't serve me. I like this. I don't like that. And what's going to come is some amalgam of your own style. And as that comes forward, maybe then you have the technical expertise and the confidence to then be like, well, what if I completely experimented with this? And Mm -hmm. so that's where you can build on it. But I think there's so much pressure for us to like put something out and have it be, you know, this work of art. And it becomes even more murky when you think of creating for the sake of creating, for the sake of joy and pleasure and needing to get something out of yourself and on t- into the world versus as a career where you do have deadlines, you do have to tailor your style or your creativity to a client or a boss. Like it's, it's a different kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, in order to thrive in any situation, the way you learn the tools is to just copy whatever else is out there and then make it your own over time. 
for anybody who is interested in like even whether it's acting or singing like it's yeah. the same thing like that for me was actually how I got into acting was I loved I think it was a Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. I just like loved that film so much as a kid and I used to like repeat the lines mm-hmm. and then I would do the same with like other films and I used to drive my mom nuts she was like <laughs> would you stop and I was like I just think it's fun yeah and it's that thing of like if I'm doing a show or something and I see as many different renditions, I'll take a little yeah. bit from each person. And there's a really beautiful quote that's something like, all art is stolen. It's mm-hmm. it's essentially like you you just take a little bit from everywhere and mm-hmm. you, you make it your own. Because to your point, the thing that makes it different at the end of the day is you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you and your best friend learn the exact same song on the exact same instrument they're going to have a different take on it. There's going mm-hmm. to be certain moments of the song that you want to highlight more. Or if you go to like paint and wine nights, those classes yep. where you get drunk and they teach you how to paint Van Gogh's Starry Night. Van Gogh. Uh, <laughs> you and everybody in that class, even though you're getting the exact same instruction, you're going to have a different take on it. Yeah, I would also say, last word of advice for me. Mm-hmm make mistakes like it's gonna suck it's gonna be painful but just like practicing your craft becomes easier over time falling on your face becomes easier over time like your Mm -hmm. face gets strong enough to handle the fall so like (laughs) yes it's gonna be awkward at first yes you're probably gonna judge yourself too harshly at first yes like there may be other people out there that are judging you that are like haters in the comments or whatever like Mm -hmm. get face that confront it come to terms with it because ripping that band-aid off will make it easier over time and the more mistakes Mm -hmm. it's just as important if not more important to know what doesn't give you pleasure what doesn't you know give you that sensory response of this feels good as it is to know what does so by knowing what doesn't work and what you don't like and what mistakes you've made that's going to make you that's going to essentially drive you whittle down to what the right path is because you're able to say like no it's not this it's not this it's not this or oh I really like this but I need to work a little harder on this like from a makeup artist perspective like maybe winged liner is something that you want to be good at but it takes so much practice and it takes a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. and your passion is what's driving you to make those mistakes and be like no I want to learn this Or maybe you realize like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to bother. That's maybe not my wheelhouse. Maybe I'll be someone that focuses more on, you know, lips, lipsticks, Mm -hmm. vibrant lipsticks, like as the look, like whatever the case may be. So I think it's important to know what you don't know and it's important to fail and it's important to get the nose out there because that helps through process of elimination, bring you closer to your yes. Mm-hmm. And that's my last piece of advice on that. Now go yes. forth, follow, follow all of your dreams. <laughs> Lex, do you have a last piece of advice for the last words for the listeners? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to plus one the failure thing because there is a lot of, there's so much that you learn in that, that moment of yeah. failure. Um. And attack onto that too. If you have any, if there's, if there is someone like a professor or a teacher who scolds you because you failed, 
Okay. So in college, I had a professor who was very much like, if you come in here and you forget your lines, you didn't put in the work, you didn't do blah, 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 blah. Like would, would had this rallying cry that like, if you fuck up your lines, Mm -hmm. that's proof that you didn't put in the work. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm older and wiser and I don't subscribe to that anymore. And also I've had some much more gentler teachers who their thinking is, you should chase after those moments where you forget your line. Because when you forget your line and when you make a mistake on stage, you are so present in that moment that whatever thoughts and pre-planned things you had have gone out the window and you are very active in that moment. Mm -hmm. And also what starts to happen is you hit a point where whatever that, maybe that line, you say that line out loud and you go, oh fuck, that actually resonates now. Like it goes deeper and it, has a stronger connection. Also those moments, especially live are fucking amazing from the audience's perspective. Like it just comes alive when you fuck up in some way. And then the goal is to try to recreate that. It's wonderful. Those teachers that Uh were saying like teach you how to like be a chair or whatever. I don't know what they're (laughs) called. I feel like I could see you being a teacher like that. Like I think you'd be really good at it. I think you'd be really, really good at it. I want you to squat down as low as you can. You give me uh, like no, Trelawney but... vibes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my yeah. God. What an honor. Yeah. Yeah. I do drink sherry. And... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so that's me plus wanting that. And then right. the other thing that I think is so important is get out there. And I'm yeah. not saying like go out on auditions and hustle, but like meet the community. Look at the people around you that are coming up with you, because those are the people that are, you know, those are going to be the people that when you become the next like Seth Rogen and, you know, Judd Apatow, who have had a friendship for decades, like they, it started ages ago and now they're still creating shit together. So, so look at the community that you have, look at the people next to you, uh, go see your friends shit, like go support your friends. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important. Yeah. Not just like, I got to keep these people in my life for my future, but letting your friends know that you give a shit about the things yeah. that they're creating is really important. Um, yeah. yeah. So that be support a- system is invaluable. Not only the support yeah. system, but like, yeah, I agree with you. It's twofold. One, art does not happen in a vacuum not really and two like what's better than a whole other community of creators who like after you maybe think you bombed an audition like can sit with you and commiserate and like tell their worst Mm -hmm. bomb audition stories like that support system is invaluable yeah yeah it's it's really important and it it's also like if you and your friends are struggling to book auditions or mm-hmm. nobody's getting published or you know nobody's script is getting picked up you can turn to each other and go i have this idea do you mm-hmm. want to help me create it like you yeah. can create your own shit and whether a greater audience sees it or not just the act of doing it is yeah. really important um yeah. so community yeah Oh, I just knocked over my mic trying to have a cute moment. Oh, well. I love it. Okay, well, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing so much of your process and your very strong feelings about Iago and the (laughs) warm-up exercises. I always share my very strong feelings about Iago. And I Uh, can't wait to see your future as a experimental theater instructor. 
I thought you were just going to say experimental theater. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the red cat. Like, I'm just going to become a theater. I mean, (laughs) you can teach people how to do that. I'm sure. (laughs) All right, everybody. So I just want you to lie down on the floor and pretend to be hollowed out. Done. That's full so of easy. Darkness. Are you? I know. Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Our entire generation and the generation that has followed us knows all about that. We are shit. all theaters on the we inside. Are all, we are all hollow and dark, laying on the floor, <laughs> weeping, weeping. All smell faintly of paint. You know, <laughs> with overpriced concessions to just judge the look. Uh, I don't know if this is still true, but I I heard years ago that the reason why concessions were so expensive is because that's how they pay their staff. Like the the money that they make on concessions goes towards wages. I don't know if that's true, but either way, that's why I'm always like, yeah, I'll pay twelve dollars for popcorn. I, <laughs> it's my little excuse to. There's just, just also something about snacks. movie theater food or theater food. Well. I don't really fuck with, so like, good. theater or concert or, like, that kind of food. Yeah. But, like, movie theater game. food, like, I will have a seven-course dine-in buffet <laughs> at my seat because it's an experience. And that's my pleasure yeah. and that's my joy. And can't nobody tell me nothing. I will take no further questions at this time. Sounds good. I'm not going to ask you any further questions. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, It it was off the rails and unhinged, as it always is with us. So if you're still here, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Ping, ping, ping. Yes. And please, if you can... Leave us a review. We would love five stars. If you're loving the pod, it helps more people find us, more people interact Mm -hmm. with us. And as Lex was saying, it is about community. So the more people we meet, the more of you that we interact with, the Mm -hmm. more we can connect you all to each other. And then we can be out there in the world making our dreams come true, following inspiration, chasing it down, creating works of art together. I'm getting a little emotional. I think we need to just wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.